Thank you, Jesus. Well, excuse me for a moment. Emotional, this is happy tears. <laughs> Not bad tears by any means. Um, I, I, I want to touch on a, a, a topic that came to my mind when Pastor was giving us vision this year. This is not me giving vision. Please do not uh, do not misconstrue that. But um, this came to my mind, and I and I hope to try to encompass some of what Pastor is doing this year in my own way, and, and um, what God has given me. Um, prayer and fasting really whipped me in the shape this year. I took it really, 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 really serious. Not that I haven't in the past, but it's uh this is. Um, more important to me now than it ever has been to have prayer and fasting in our lives. So I'm not going to read a scripture to start off. Um, um, it's going to be a minute till you hear one, but I just want to lay the foundation of what I want to preach on today. So let's pray. I want us to set our minds right. I'm going to make sure that um, I'm going to pray too that God gives me the right words to say and gives me the instruction to give to you. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence today, Jesus. I pray that you would touch me, Lord. I pray that my words would come with clarity, that they would come with understanding, and I pray that they would come, Lord Jesus, with no confusion. I pray, God, that you would touch this congregation, Lord. I believe that you have given me this word, and I pray that it touches someone's heart today. In Jesus' name, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for you are worthy. Can we give him praise right now? He's worthy of that. Thank you. Amen. You can be seated. I have a little bit of a prop for um, what I'm going to be speaking on today. I'm going to talk to you today about the batter's box. It's the batter's box. There, there is an opportunity for us, and every single, every single one of us have an opportunity to be in the batter's box. I'm going to explain to you what that is, but I want you to know there is always going to be an opportunity for something to come your way. And when I mean that, I'm meaning an opportunity for you to slip and to fall. There's going to be an opportunity for you to make a mistake. You're going to be in the batter's box. There's always going to be an opportunity that the devil is going to try to throw something at you to make you slip up and to make you fall. But what I'm here to tell you today is, unfortunately, you're always going to have an opportunity to be in the batter's box. So I'm sorry. Life's not all just fun and dandy. You're not going to be able to just have a peachy life. I'm sorry. And it, most of you probably all already know this, so what's new? <laughs> but there is always going to be an opportunity for you to get in the batter's box and to, to come against what is going, what the devil is going to throw against you. You have an opportunity to slip and fall. You have an opportunity to go back to the dugout. You have an opportunity to go to first base. You have an opportunity to hit a home run. You have an opportunity for lots of different things when the devil comes against you. And I'm here today to tell you that there is hope that you're going to get on base. This is a sports analogy, but follow me with it. If you don't know, <laughs> I'll explain. But you have an opportunity. There's an opportunity for you to strike out and to fall down. 
and to give up, but there's also an opportunity for you to say, I'm making it. I'm going to keep on moving on. I'm not letting this opportunity, whatever this is, whatever's came up in your life, the financial, the, the physical, the spiritual, whatever it is, God has given you an opportunity for you to come to the batter's box and to give yourself an opportunity to move on, to give yourself an opportunity to get past the situation. I'm probably going to jump ahead of my notes, but there's so many times where I, I've seen it, I've done it myself, where we give up. We say, man, I've been dealing with this for so long. I've been dealing with this situation for so long. I've been, I've been having this problem. I'm, I'm, pastor says it, I'm redheaded, so that means I've got anger. Don't let that affect you whenever you step up to the batter's box. This is an opportunity for you to get that home run, for you to get on base and to move past that, whatever you're dealing with. There's I'm here today to tell you to get past that. I'm here to tell you today, it might not be today is the day, but today is your action to take a step into the batter's box and say, I'm ready to go. I am ready to go. I'm not taking this, this, um, taking this, uh, this, this attack from the enemy and sitting down and giving up. I'm moving on. I'm going to the next base. So if you don't know what a batter's box is, I'm going to tell you. So the batter's box is a box where you stand when you're intending on hitting a baseball. I just gave you revelation. You guys can leave if you want. No, I'm just kidding. But the batter's box hasn't always existed. Baseball's been around for a long time, if you didn't know, like even 1800. That's a long time. And so there was no batter boxes before 1874. And this has been a, a very long time after baseball was invented. So what would happen is we know the typical kind of house-shaped, I mean, home, it's home plate. That's kind of what home plate looked like. And what would have to happen is, is the batter would have to put their foot up against, there's like a line that they had, and you'd have to put your foot up against that line. That front foot could not move, which is weird because if you've ever played baseball before, normally that's the one that moves. You could not move that foot. It had to stay there. And so that's what they used to do in terms of placing somebody in the, in the batter's box before it actually existed. And as you can imagine, this comes with its own complication, comes with its own problems. So home plate, while it's always been the same size, it was actually just a square at one point in time which was interesting to me. It didn't have that kind of triangular portion at the, at the top or the bottom, however you look at it. And it was actually made out of marble or stone. Could you imagine trying to dive into a marble or a stone home plate? And if you were wondering, I had my, my, my curiosity got the best of me. And I looked up, when did the person first slide in baseball? And it was while there was a marble or a stone um, a home plate. So um, I would think that would be a headache. <laughs> if you slide into home plate and you hit your head on that, that's not fun. Luckily, it wasn't like 20 years later they actually went to rubber. So good news, not too many people got hurt, but 20 years. Um, if you're familiar with uh, Pete Rose, which most people are, we're from Ohio. Um, he's the one that made it popular, but that was about 100 years later. So not too many people hurt themselves, um, but yeah, so just uh, imagine trying to slide into a marble. I mean, I've hit a couple, I've hit my head on countertops before, and uh, never marble, and I could only imagine what that would feel like. <laughs> but something that I want to give you guys today is, again, there's an opportunity for us to step up to the batter's box, and we can do whatever we want when we're in the batter's box. 
you've seen it before. There's people, I'm not going to swing hard today. I'm not throwing this at somebody. But you have an opportunity to swing as hard as you can and go for the fences. You've got an opportunity to bunt. I only have one hand, so bear with me. You have an opportunity to get hit. You have an opportunity to get struck out. You have an opportunity to get walked. There are so many different ways that you can get struck out or you can, you can go or you can go home. Literally, you can go all the way around and go home. And so God gives us a couple of contracts in the Bible. He says, if you do this, then I will do this. And I want to touch on this. I got a couple of scriptures. I'm going to fly through these. So sorry, sound team, if this goes crazy. Um, but Philippians 4, 6 through 8, this is an NIV. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So here comes a little bit of this where he's saying, if you present your request, it doesn't have as much of an if then, but you can, you can kind of imply it. If you present your, your, your um, if you give yourself and you present yourself unto God, and you give your request of God, the peace of God which transitions all will guard your heart. So many times we try to go about it, pastor was just talking about it, we're self-sufficient. We try to be self-sufficient. And so many times we try to handle everything ourselves when God's asking us, yes, you're in the batter's box and I'm asking you to make a decision, but you cannot just rely on yourself. There are so many things that he's asking you to swing, but he's asking you to go with him and walk with him. You cannot be self-sufficient. We have to put our trust in God. God is the only way that we can see ourselves through and make it, make it all the way to the next base. We can see ourselves out of the batter's box and onto the next thing. Second Chronicles 7.14, if, it's right off the bat, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. It's a little bit of a long contract. But then... I will hear from heaven and heal my land. Matthew 7, 20, or 17, 20, sorry. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, then you shall say to this mountain, remove from here and over there, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible for you. Mark 8, 36. For what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? It's a question, but it's still a contract. If someone gains the whole world, then he loses his soul. I was, <laughs> I don't have like the commission songs that everyone listens to. I still listen to them. Um, it's kind of a genetic thing that's been passed on to Nat, and so I've got it too. Um, I love commission, but I actually, my thing is, and you're going to laugh, but Toby Mac, I used to listen to Toby Mac all the time. I'm younger, so bear with me, okay? But Toby Mac has a song that says, I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. I always laughed because it was just such a fun song, and I'm a kid, and man, that's, that's a good song. And he starts rapping later. Well, not really rapping, but it's Toby Mac. He kind of tries to. Um, but it spoke to me so much. We were on the fast, and I said, how can I ever try to gain the whole world and lose my soul? What is there here for me to gain that's important enough that I lose my eternity and lose my soul? And man, it tore me up. <laughs> It was on prayer and fasting. Um, it was the nights we had prayer and fasting, and I was listening to that, and it just tore me up. 
how many times that we try to take the whole world, we try to take on the whole entire world, try to gain all that we can here. And please understand, do what you can here. Enjoy the things you can. Do your best to make as much money and save for your family. And, and, and I'm not excusing this, but how many times do we try to just take everything and the devil comes at us and says, okay, well, you've got all the money. You've got all the things. You've got a nice car. You've got a great house. But I'm going to throw this at you, and I bet you it's going to take you off course because you don't, your soul is not in it. You don't have a soul because of the fact that you have gained all of the things in the world, but you've lost your soul. Mark 11, 25, and 26. When ye praying, forgive if ye have anything against me, so that your Father also which is in heaven then may forgive your trespasses. If you do not forgive others, then neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. The batter's box is a place where you stand if you intend on playing baseball. Come on, that's, that's easy to understand. you got to know you're not playing basketball when you're in the batter's box. But you have to know you're intended. You're going to be getting a ball thrown at you. It might be fast. It might be a changeup. It might be a, uh, a, a curveball. It might be anything. But you have to know when you're in the batter's box, something's coming after you. And ladies and gentlemen, when we're trying to make a decision to go closer to God, when we're in a decision to try to make a relationship to God an ideal priority in our lives, guess what? Get ready. It's coming. I'm not saying that to scare anybody. Please understand that. But when that comes, be ready. You have to know one thing that makes it easier for preparing for the resistance that comes your way. We talked about preparing for resistance uh, uh, about a year ago. One thing that makes it easier is knowing it's coming. If you come, if you come into the batter's box and you're like, oh, there's a lot of fans in here. Oh, that's a pretty little base over there. Ooh, and then a ball comes at you. You're going to be so surprised you're going to get scared half to death. But if you come into the batter's box and you know it's coming, guess what? You're going to have so much more confidence. You're going to, you're going to know what's coming your way. God tells us in the Bible that offenses shall come. God tells us that these things are going to happen. We are not without sin. That's also something that can come and tear you down too. So we always have an opportunity every single chance in our life that something is going to come our way and try to take us off course. Again, we're always going to be in that batter's box. But here's the thing. I want to prepare us a little bit today of what we can do to make this a little bit of an easier opportunity for us. Make it a little bit of an easier chance. I, trust me, I know that some of the things are going to be minute. Some of the things are going to be small. Maybe uh, you just have a bounce check for a week or maybe something happens. But there's going to be big things that come your way. And I'm not saying by any means that you're going to be completely prepared for something. But when you come prepared enough and you know what to do, you know when that ball is getting ready to come. And maybe when that ball is coming, what to do and that God's going to be on your side. So what does the batter's box look like? The batter's box looks like something is coming at you. Something is coming at your way. It might be your finances. It might be your, your, your mental state. It might be your spiritual state. It might, it might be, it might be your, your health. It might be something happens to your family. It's not always, a, it, it, Pastor said it today, it is a spiritual attack that we have happen, but that doesn't always mean it's not going to be something you can't see. The spiritual world works in the physical too. So you might have something, and it's a spiritual attack, but it might be your health. 
You might be dealing with some type of condition. You might be dealing with some type of issue. But I'm here to tell you today, it is not in God's will for you to sit down and for you to give up. Our step in this is to take the bat and to step in the batter's box. We can't expect God to just do everything for us. We can't expect God, we can't say, God, take me through this. And then we lay back and take a nap. It's our opportunity to step hand in hand with God and say, all right, wherever you go, I'm coming with you. Wherever you go, wherever you take me, I'm coming with you. It's not our opportunity for us to say, well, God's there's a video that I saw before the fast ended, and it's funny. It's a song, and people use it as a meme, and they said, if God won't do it, it ain't get done. And I was like, what is that? That's so goofy. And it was funny because people were saying, like, it's my laundry. I didn't do my laundry, so if God won't do it, it's not getting done. <laughs> my dishes, if God won't do it, it ain't getting done. And it's funny. It's funny. I'm not saying you can't laugh at stuff like that, but you have to understand that we can't take that mentality into everything. We cannot. We have to understand that we're at the batter's box. I can't be like, all right, God, you got this. God's asking us to go through it because it might be a trial that turns into a testimony. It might be something that is supposed to take us out, but God gets the credit and the glory for it. Man, I'm so excited. Woo. I just, you can't step into that batter's box and say, eh. I might hit the ball. No, you're going to the next base. However it happens, you're going there. You're, get, you're scoring for your team. You're making it happen. I'm going in there. Maybe, you're, maybe a baseball coach would tell me I'm wrong, but if, if I'm at like a, a, maybe like a two-something count and someone's getting ready to throw a ball, oh, maybe I won't. I'm swinging every time I get into the batter's box. When we're talking about, the, when we're talking about our lives, when we're talking about our, our situations, I want to make it. I'm not giving up. I've got God on my side. He's the God of angel armies. I want to go. God, I have the confidence in the world. It's like when you walk into a, a circumstance with a bully at school and you've got your big brother behind you. You're like, what's up? Except he doesn't run away because there's so many stories. I've heard people's big brothers running away. No, your big brother's here to stay. You're ready to go. And guess what? Whatever comes your way, whatever's getting ready to happen, God's right behind you. God's leading you through this. He's going to make it, make sure that you get to the other side as long as we take the action, as long as we are there. Making it out of the batter's box is not setting, or sorry, is not setting you up for what once was a problem. It's getting past addiction. It's getting to set your mind free, moving into a place where you're striving and not surviving. There are so many times where people say, I'm dealing with addiction. That is not God's God's will for you to deal with addiction forever. That is not God's will. And I'm not here to say when that stops. That's God's, God's, God's control. But if you want it to end and you say, well, God's going to have to do it. You have to make steps not to walk into the bar. You have to make steps to, to make sure you turn off your phone at the right time when you go to bed. And please understand me. I am not trying to uh, ridicule anything at anybody. It, it's the steps that we have to make. We have to make these decisions, and sometimes when you're in that situation, it's hard. I've been in that situation before, too, where I have that mentality and that mindset of, I can't get out of this. And sometimes you need somebody else to just be straight up with you and say, listen, you have to make decisions. You have to make the, the, the changes 
Jack said, man, that spoke to me today. You have to make the changes. You have to make the necessary decisions to get past your situation, to get past that problem, to get past that addiction, to get past your financial strongholds that you're at. God is going to help you do it as long as you stand in faith and as long as you work with God. If you walk hand in hand with God, he's going to get you out of that batter's box. He's going to get you out of that problem. He's going to get you out of that situation. When you're in the batter's box, this is the difference. Sometimes we take it in such a spiritual mindset. Again, like I said, if God won't do it, it's not going to get done. If God doesn't do it, if, if you want your family to be saved, you have to reach out to your family too, okay? <laughs> if you want to see your coworker change, you can't just pray for them at a distance. You can't just say, oh, I'll give them some money and say, the Lord bless you, and that's all. And maybe that is something that God asks you to do. Please understand that. But if you want to see it happen, you can't just say, God, I'll do it. You're laying the bat down. Pick up the bat and say, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to read scripture, and I'm going to learn about what this person's problem is. I'm going to watch a couple of videos, read scriptures, read scriptures about what the person's dealing with. So someone's dealing with anxiety, read scriptures on anxiety. You can look them up too. It's not a problem to use Safari whenever you're looking up scriptures. It's not a problem. Look up a scripture and say, scriptures on anxiety, scriptures on depression, scriptures on this. The, the word of God is littered with things that you can use to change, and not you doing it, it's God's word, but you introducing it to somebody and changing their life, getting them out of their situation. So now we know what the batter's box is. We know what it is. You're in a situation. You're getting ready to square up against whatever's coming your way. But what do you do when you're in the batter's box? I'm Okay, I'm going to give you this, and this is not anything that I could have ever came up with. It was God. It was while we were in prayer. But this is one of those where someone says, all right, this comes free with the price of admission. This is one of those things. God said, don't let your stature affect your posture. And I was like, ooh, whoa. And what that is, if you know what stature and posture means, stature is your physical man. That's what you're born with. I am five foot nine. My pounds don't matter in this situation. But... <laughs> But my stature is encompassed in who I am. My stature is what my body is, what my physical traits are. That is my stature. My posture is how I hold myself. My posture can be this, and I do it all the time, so I'm not correcting anybody. And it can be this. When I'm walking, it can be this. It can be this. Your posture matters when you go into the batter's box. I have seen, and this is little kids, but they're little kids. They can go into the batter's box and their knees are buckling and, oh, and some adults do the same thing. I'm scared. I don't know what's going on. And then you see some people go into the batter's box and you see them do their ritual. They swing their bat. Oh, you know if they connect, it's going home. It's out of here. It's out of the park. Your posture matters when you go into a situation. Your stature does not matter. You can, you can have a deck of cards that you never wanted. You might have been born into a family that doesn't have a whole lot of money. You might have been born into a family that has generational curses. You might have been born into a family that doesn't know God. But guess what? Your posture, what you decide to do with your life, what you decide to do with yourself, 
is all that matters when you get into the batter's box. When you get into the batter's box, you say, all right, here we go. I may be five foot four, and I, got no, I might be 160 pounds soaking wet, but I know as soon as I get in here, I'm going to give it my all. I know I'm going to do my best to get to the next part. And God spoke that to me and said, how many times, how many times do we go into situations and say this with our prayer? How many times do we say this with our language? How many times do we say this with our attitude? And how many times do we have that big brother behind us and say, he's got me. He's got me. Sometimes our prayers are so small. God, give me an extra 50 bucks on my next paycheck. If you, need, if you need a financial miracle in your life, pray that your rent's paid next month. We can't make God so small. God can do the impossible. If we have faith, God said we can, we can speak to a mountain, and it moves. A mountain. Not a molehill in your yard. A mountain. We can speak to a mountain, and it can move. How many times do we let our stature dictate our posture? We say, I can't do this. I'm redheaded. I've got an anger. I'm a, the pastor said it before, I'm, a, I'm an American. That means I deal with lust. I deal with these problems. You have to decide, all right, enough is enough. God has called me for more. God has called me to do great things. God has called me to reach a nation to grow his kingdom. In every situation, it should be your choice to trust in God. And let me explain after I say it, that deserves the credit. Not your choice as in you, but your choice as in, I've done it. I've tried to do all I can do. But my choice to follow God is what gets the credit for my situation changing. God cannot take you through every situation in life without your permission. The reason why is because God gives us free will. He lets us decide to to do whatever we want. God lets us say, if you don't want to come to church on Sunday, you don't have to come to church on Sunday. If you don't want to pray today, you don't have to pray today. If you don't want to eat today, you don't have to eat today. There's so many different things that God doesn't make us do. God's not going to take you through every situation if you don't want to. If you want to sit down, that's okay. But if you want to stand up and say, all right, I got this, that doesn't mean every single situation God's going to always just let you go through smoothly. Sometimes you might go through a situation, it might be rough. Sometimes you might go through a situation, it might, be, it might be a trial. It might be something you remember for the rest of your life. But if you stand up and you say, God's got me, I'm going to make a decision to trust in God, a decision to walk with God and be with God, he is going to make sure you get through it for the best of you. He's going to make sure that you get through it, and it's the best thing that could happen for you. Maybe not to you, but for you. In Jesus' name. Even the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is things that we're supposed to embody, that we're supposed to be. And in all of that, there's one that's called self-control. Us controlling and us being a part of a situation, us walking with God, us being able to control our anger, us being able to do these things, is a fruit of the Spirit. Us being able to do that shows that we are in communion with God, shows that we are exuding His fruit of the Spirit. There's a couple other things. I, 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 there are so many things that, that really help. But one I want to touch on is faith. You don't necessarily 
have to be super mature to get through a situation in terms of your spiritual walk with God. God doesn't just let someone who's been in church for 30 years get through a situation and someone who's never been in church to not get through a situation. God will allow, if we decide to walk with him, we're genuine and sincere and wanting to walk with God, God will take us through these situations. Again, it's our choice to pick up the bat and to step into the box, but God will help us get through these situations if we decide to walk with him. Reading your scripture, I said it already. Reading your scripture, you can read scripture, and I've got some in here. You can read scripture that can be medicine to you, that can be medicine to your situation. You can think, I, w- I was talking to my boss. My boss is an uh, assistant pastor in Wooster, and we were kind of talking about, I told him I was going to be preaching today, and he told me he was preaching today too, and um, so we were discussing kind of what our messages were and he told me he's going to be talking a little bit on the Trojan horse today. And I was like, man, that's cool. Like, I've heard it before. I know what it is. But I'm like, that's awesome. And it's something that he said, it's not necessarily Bible, but you can find relations to it, is he said that there was, I can't remember how long it was, but he said that the, the, the enemy was trying to get into the city. We obviously know the end story that the Trojan horse opens up and everybody, you know, the, the, the enemy comes in and takes out the city. But one thing that he told me was I didn't realize how long they were fighting for. And I cannot remember the number off the top of my head, but he said it was years and years. It wasn't three hours, and they were like, hey, get that big wooden horse and roll it in there. It was a long time coming before they got to come inside and actually tear down the city. And so I was like, man, that's crazy. And then I started to think about the fact that there is tons of examples of stuff like that. Abraham and Sarah. They didn't have a baby until she was later in her years. How many times, does it, how many times was she like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to have a baby. I'm, I'm 50 years old. I'm 60 years old and going and going and going. And then eventually something happens where God speaks to her and then she says, I'm going to have a baby. I don't know what her mindset was like as soon as, as, as that was spoken to her. I don't know if maybe she had some problems. Maybe she had some dealings that she had to work with. But eventually, ladies and gentlemen, she had a baby. She had a baby. It took a couple of wrong turns, but I won't touch on that today. But she had a baby. She got there. She got on base. It happened. Took a long time, but she got there. There's plenty of examples of, yes, you might have been dealing with this. Uh, The pools of Bethsaida, the the invalid who had been there for 38 years. 38 years. I think I talked about this last time I preached, but that's a long, long, long time. That's a long time. I just reached the half mark of that. That's a long time. And so for you to be scratching and clawing to try to get to this miracle that you don't know if it's ever going to happen, and then finally a decision was made, not really his decision, but he listened to Jesus when he said, rise up, take your bed, and walk. And what do you know? He walks up and gets up and walks out of there no longer an invalid, no longer lame. And he claims his decision. He could have laid right back down and said, there's no way. There's no way you can do this. It's the Sabbath. There's no way you can do this. Who are you? There's no way you can do this. Only God himself can do that. And guess what? God himself did do that. God himself did walk into that situation. He can do the same thing for you. Just because we're not, our situations and our stories aren't written in the New Testament doesn't mean that this same thing can't happen today. Just because we're not Peter, James, and John, 
the big strong men, the sons of thunder. Just because we aren't them doesn't mean that God can't still intervene in the same way today. It's like Pastor says, the New Testament never ended. The New Testament didn't have a, okay, so when 1973 comes up, the New Testament's over. There was never an end date for that. We're still living in that, that, in that day. The next thing is praise and worship. I wrote this down during praise and worship because how many times do we go into a situation, and again, it's posture. How many times do we go into a situation, we cower? When you're praising and worshiping, I don't think I've ever seen anyone praise and worship small. Praise and worship, you get into it. You're praising and you're worshiping the God, the creator of the universe. He is here to, to, to lead us and guide us into a relationship with him. He is here to, to take us into the situation. Our goal is to get as close as we can to him and bring others along with us. And look, when, God, when, I, when I hear of the goodness, if I get an opportunity to, oh my goodness, God is so good. He's done so much for me and for my family and for all of you. I am so excited whenever I hear a great story of something that God has done in someone's situation, of a promotion, of a difference in a family member. When people's families come to know God, when people love God and they come into a relationship with him and they get to seek God for themselves. I am so happy when it happens. I'm also sad when I hear the other way. That doesn't make it any difference. God's not in my situation. We have to keep on praying. We have to keep on loving. We have to keep on believing that God is going to do something. We have to have a posture of praise and worship. We have a posture of saying, God's going to do this even though I can't see it. He's working. Even though I don't see him in the middle of it, God is going to take this situation to the other side. I know that he's going to do something. I know that he's going to take care of my family members. I know that he's going to make a difference in this situation. In Jesus' name. Matthew 17, I'm going to touch on a couple of verses here. This is the scripture of uh, the, the demon-possessed man. I'm, I'm not going this far today. Um, but the, the demon-possessed man and uh, the disciples couldn't couldn't heal the demon-possessed man, and, and Jesus does. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic. That is a hard word for me to say. I had to practice that. And suffers severely, for he falls often into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. <laughs> they were like, kind of, I imagine they were probably a little bit nervous, like, Jesus, what are we going to do? <laughs> they probably didn't want to, like, ask in front of everybody. That's just how I think. Uh, I, I think outside of the box a little bit like that. But uh, Jesus, why, why couldn't we cast him out? So Jesus said to him, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing shall be impossible for you. How many times do we go into a situation and we say, this comes with maturity, if I'm being honest, this part comes with maturity. We have to understand that we can't just say Jesus' name at all times and it's always going to be done. We have to be in a relationship with Jesus. But there is always an opportunity for us to step up to the plate, and the, the disciples didn't even believe. 
how close can you be to, 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 to God robed in flesh and not even believe in the power and the authority that he has in these situations? How many times would they go up to the batter's box? Peter, when he walked on water, didn't believe that it was Jesus. How, how many times can you walk up? This, this, and I mean to say this, this is not me rebuking anybody, but you can be in the church for a very long time and still have problems with unbelief. I'm not going to handle this. This is not my, my place to handle this. But that doesn't mean that that's necessarily a problem. That means you have to have faith in God at all times, regardless if you've been here for three minutes or if you've been here for three decades. You have to have trust and faith in God at all times and say he is going to take us where we need to go. It is not by my own doing. It's not by pastor's own doing. It's by pastor's vision and by God's hand and by God's work that we're going to see what God wants to, to have happen done in our lives and done in this kingdom here in Circleville. The next thing is put your confidence in God. We have to put our confidence in God. We cannot put our confidence in man. Do not put your trust or your, your trust. Please trust me. <laughs> but do not put your confidence in me to be your savior. Please. I cannot reach that for you. I cannot be your savior for you. I cannot, I cannot heal bodies. I can sometimes be a vessel, but I cannot heal bodies. It is not by me that that can be done. Philippians 3, 12 through 14 in the NIV. Not that I have already obtained this goal or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Jesus has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul doesn't say, it's me. Paul does mention, uh, you know, the, the faults that I have are me. The faults that I have are my own decision, but everything that I am is because I put my trust in God. Because I stepped into the batter's box and said, this is my posture. This is my decision to be in line with God, to be in unity with God, to make a decision to be in, in, in communion with God. Paul tells us that he has not reached the goal or reached the pinnacle of what is to be the perfect person. Again, we are never going to reach perfection. We are never going to reach idealism. We're never going to get to that point where we've got it all figured out. We never will. We never will. Ever. But he states all of this. We cannot put our confidence in other people. In the midst of our struggles, we must trust in God and his constant hand. God is perfection. God makes everything correct. God makes everything in uh, uh, idealism. God is the one that does that. We cannot put our trust and faith in ourselves to make the right decision 100% of the time. You might make a right decision every once in a while, but God is going to be the one that will always put you in the right situation, put you in the right circumstance, put you in the right uh, uh, place, in the right situation, the right time to be in the best situation for you. And we may not like it, but God will always make sure that, that we are there, that we are in the perfect circumstance, that we're in the batter's box at the right time. 
We're in the batter's box when we can handle it. We're in the batter's box when we have the right posture and the right mentality to say, maybe I don't feel like I can handle it, but I know the one who can. I know the one who can give me the, the equipment, that can give me the tools, that can give me the mindset to get into this batter's box and say, he's never failed me yet. He's never done me wrong. He won't fail me now. He's always the same. He's always ever, he's so good. He is the everlasting father, the prince of peace. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting, I told you, it, it, it whipped me into shape. I um, have a different outlook on a lot of different things now. And the habits, I have gained a few habits myself. Um, I don't need social media as much as I think I do. Actually, it was extremely relieving. I'm actually considering I can't for work, but I want to get rid of social media. I want to limit my time. We don't need social media as much as we think. The only thing I missed out on was sports, and even then I really haven't checked. I don't know what's happened in the sports world except for a couple things. That's it. I really don't know. <laughs> but God is, God is going to move on us whenever we go through prayer and fasting. I wrote this down too. How many habits did you notice change during this fasting season? Pastors talk about your, your appetite literally changes. There's things like, man, I might want, I still want cheesecake. Hyphens are going to Cheesecake Factory, so I mean, I am still doing that. But, <laughs> but how many things, how many habits, how many appetite things changed in your life? How many things did you, you go from needing, wanting, craving this thing to changing it to a God, this thing, whatever that need, necessity, that craving is for you? I have, it, my time is more important to me now. I'm only 24, but my time is important to me. How I spend my time matters. How I spend my time with my family in the presence of God, whether that's home or here, it matters to me how I spend my time. My time matters. My time matters. We ex if we expect things to change, our spirit man will tend to trump over our physical man. That's the posture and the, the stature. If our spiritual man says, all right, you might be frail looking, but you're going to go up there and you're going to take on that, that, that ball, that fastball, that curveball, whatever comes your way. You're going to be able to handle it. That's the other thing. Don't be afraid of when, some, when life throws a curveball at you when you're expecting a fastball. Be willing to adapt and walk with God and say, I was supposed to get, get my house this year, which I thought I was. But... I was supposed to get my house this year, but it might be another couple years down the line, but I know God's got a plan for me, whatever that is. I know I was supposed to get that new car, and my car's falling apart, and I can't, I can't, I can't uh, trust my car as much as I used to, but I know he's going to provide for me. I know that I'm working so much overtime right now, but I know that God's going to bless me in my finances. I know that I'm going to be able to not work overtime and get blessed. That can happen, too. How many times do we go into a situation and think, it's just, it's just how I am. It's just what I, this is just how my work is. This is just how my family is. This is just how my job is. We cannot sit in that situation and just continually be okay with how everything's going. I'm not saying buck the system at all times, but please understand. When we go into a situation and God says something's going to change, 
pick up the bat and get into the batter's box believing it's going to change. Get into the batter's box with the posture saying, God's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to make it without a limp. I don't know what's going to happen, but God's going to do it. And he said it's going to be done. God said he's going to make it happen. Prayer and fasting helps put us in a closer relationship with God, the one who is helping us conquer or go through the situations that we deal with in the batter's box. How do we expect to deal with the battles that we come against if we do not have a relationship with the creator of the universe? How many times do we just self-sufficient? How many times do we say, I got this. I made a lot of money this year. I'm pretty strong. I can handle this. You might be, but there's some situation... Again, we are not perfect. There is something that there is a, 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 a something that we are not going to be able to handle every situation physically by ourselves, mentally by ourselves. And God says, I'm going to be that, that extra armor piece for your chink. I'm going to be that extra armor piece that's going to help you and protect you through all the struggles. Matthew 17, again, I wanted to touch on this um, at the very end. I'm just going to read a couple, uh, verse 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And the last verse, how be it, this kind not go out except for prayer and fasting. There's so many times that we can just pray for a situation. There are some situations that you need to pray and you need to fast for. If you have a big decision coming up with your career, I recommend praying and fasting for that. Get, get, get some recommendation from God. Get some recommendation from pastor. Get that recommendation so you can make the right decision. It's the same thing. When that career choice comes up, it might be a job that sounds great right now, but you might have to work more hours. It might be a job that sounds great right now, but actually they're getting ready to foreclose within two years, or foreclose, go bankrupt within two years. And we don't know that, but God would know that. God would know that. God would have that answer for us. So we know what the batter's box is. I'm, I'm going to wrap up quickly so the musician can come. Um, we know what the batter's box is. We know what, the, what to do in the batter's box. How do we help somebody else in the batter's box? If you ever watch sports, you always see there's a bench, someone who's not in the game right now. There's been so many times where I've watched people on the bench and they're not playing. They might be a starter and they're like, someone will score a touchdown or they'll hit a three-pointer and they'll just be like. And then you'll see other ones that are sitting on the bench and they're waiting. They're anticipating. They're like, yeah, woo, go, let's go, team. And they're pumped up for their guys. If we're not in the batter's box, ladies and gentlemen, we have to be willing to cheer on and be ready for someone else who's in the batter's box and who's in the situation. The, the kingdom of God is not just singular. It's not about us. It's about us. We are a body for a reason. We have special benefits because we're a body. We've got special benefits. We're a body. Please don't take the attitude of, oh, my life's good and someone else isn't, so... Um, well, I got to I got to get to work. I got to get I got to get things done. I got to do this. And please understand I'm working on this too. This is not just me calling out people. But we have to be ready to Yes! 
when someone receives a victory, when someone receives a, a promotion, when someone receives a, a bonus that they've been needing, when someone pays off their house and is financially free and they're ready to go, when someone breaks through a, a, a temptation that they've had for decades, we have to be ready to say, yes, you made it. Yes, your brother is here in church now. Yes, your father that you've been praying for for 40 years is in the presence of God. Amen. We have to be ready to be able to say, yes, when someone is getting a victory. And we also have to be ready to say, I'm so sorry. You went to the dugout this time. You're struggling right now. I'm so sorry. Even if you just got a victory. The Bible says in Romans 12, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. If I'm so wrapped up in my victory and there's somebody else who's, who's mourning, who's got an issue, who's in the batter's box and they're not making it, their count doesn't look good right now, their count doesn't look great right now, I have to be willing to say, all right, we'll get them next time. We've got another inning coming up. We'll get them next time. Get back in there and you get that posture next time. Go in there knowing that God's going to make it right for you. God's going to do God's going to do what he said he did. It doesn't seem like the timing's right. It doesn't seem like he's going to do it, but God's got this for you. God's going to make it. You're going to you're going to make it. Sorry. God's going to help you get through it. God's going to take you through this situation. We have to be willing to be fans of our brothers and sisters at times. Or the supporters that are willing to get into the to the trenches when our church family is going through the batter's box. Just because it isn't our turn, or sorry, it's our turn to be out of the batter's box does not mean we can't support, we can't love, and we can't encourage those who are going through it. How many times, I've never seen anybody, I, I played softball at camp, and I didn't even do it when I was at camp. How many people do you see play softball, and as soon as they're done, they're like, all right, I'm done. Call me up when I'm done. They'll go talk to their friends, you'll go hang out with your, your team understand that but I've never seen anybody be like all right I'm out taking my ball and going home <laughs> no you're sitting there on the bench and you're like it's a tight game let's go it's go time it's a tight game I want my friend to win I want I've been more excited when my friends do well in softball and do sports than myself be that way oh man oh man Jack's getting a promotion Jack's getting ready to Jack's getting ready to see something happen uh, Nate Spriggs is getting ready to get his driver's license and he's getting ready to uh, have a conversation with his friend at school. <sighs> Jacob Lester's getting ready to have this happen in his life. Everyone's getting ready to, we're getting ready to see it happen. But then it's also, Philip, I love you. I'm so sorry. Pastor, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that, that was going to happen that way. We had faith. We knew we we knew that God is, God is a strong God. It's just not time yet. But all right, Philip, you got another go. You got another at bat. Let's get it. Come on. In Jesus' name. I'm not going through the batter's box right now, but I have been through the batter's box. I have a short life, but God has allowed me to go through certain things for me to learn 
for me to go through things. And I'm not saying that mine is any different from yours. I'm not comparing. Please understand this. But there are so many times when we can go into the batter's box and take past things, our stature. And we can crumble over and we can sit down and say, the count's not good enough right now. I'm not going to make it. The count's not good enough. I can't do this. The count's not good enough. Coach tells me to swing. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happened. I don't feel like God's here. your situation. I don't want to see any more people getting tearing down by the enemy. The enemy who doesn't deserve to take us down. He is below God. He doesn't deserve to do what he has done to some people in our lives. To take their confidence away from them. To take their joy away from them. To take their peace away from them. To take their salvation away from them. I hope this is okay. I'm not trying to be pastor. Please follow me on this. But I want everyone to have success. We can't just live surviving anymore. We have to be able to. We have to be able to thrive. We have to be able to to live through all of the to live through everything that happens to us. There are so many times in my life, and I'm not. I don't try to bring this up every time I preach, but I think it's just relevant. With our pregnancy, I had every reason blame God. I had every reason. I had every reason to tell God. I went to awakenings and I prayed through. I went to, I was at home and I prayed through before I went to bed. I fell asleep crying so many times that God, you didn't do it. I had every reason. I had every reason to say that. I trusted in God and said, who knows, maybe something was going to be it understand this, but something was going to be wrong with the baby when it was born. Maybe it was going to be more traumatic later on down the line. I have no idea. I have no idea, but God has been so good. We're pregnant. We're having a baby soon. We're having a baby this summer. I had every reason to tell God. You're not there for me out. I had every reason to say, God, you can't do it. You're not doing it. It hasn't happened. But I held on to it, and so did that. We held on strong, saying, God is going to do this. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to be. But he's going to do it. He's going to take us there. We're going to see what we've been praying and hoping for. This altar is for those who feel like they're in the batter's box, who feel like they may be going through these things. This is, this is not for us to come and to be gloomy about our situation. This is not for us to come here and to be sad about our situation and to hold our, our, our heads and, and hang them. And Oh, God, 
we've been dealing with this for so long. This is for us to come in. And with all the confidence that God has ever given us, the peace that passes understanding, everything that God has given us, all the tools for us to go into the batter's box and to make it. And this is something else I want to mention. We have all the confidence in the world that we're going to run to the, to the base. But please know, you might limp. You might crawl. Something might happen to you that messes, messes, with your, <laughs> messes with your mentality on how you thought about things. You might limp. You might crawl. You might sprint. You might walk. You might be hurting. You might be triumphing. You might be scarred. You might be scared. But you will make it out of the batter's box. We have hope in that today. So I want to I want to have those that feel like they're in the batter's box now come forward and, and we're believing with you that you're going to make it out of the batter's box. You might feel like you've been slumped over. You might feel like your posture's been depleted. You might feel like your posture's been um, it's been torn apart. You might feel like your 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 posture has been lowered to the point of your stature but come to the to the altar and trust and believe that God is going to be there that God is going to get you through it and that God is going to work through it and if you're not coming today for that let's let's believe with those that are there let's believe with those that are there and let's touch the throne of heaven take this with you don't make this something that is just for whoever's dealing with it now we're all going to deal with it. It might be the next week. It might be tomorrow. It might be a year from now. But you're going to go through something that makes you feel like, oh, man, this is tough. Oh, man, this is rough. Oh, man, this is, this is, this is, this is defeating. But God is going to take us through it. God is going to lead us there. In Jesus' name, touch us, Lord Jesus. solo I feel your presence so strong in this place, Lord.